Welcome to the Underrepresented in Tech podcast, hosted by Michelle Frechette and Ali Nimmons. Underrepresented in Tech is a free database built with the goal of helping people find new opportunities in WordPress and tech overall. Hi, Ali. Hi, Michelle. <laughs> we swapped it up this morning or this afternoon. I know, for <laughs> sure. So, um, people can't see us, I know that, but you are resplendent in a yellow sweater and it makes me feel all sunny and warm. So it's Aww. always good to see you. Nice. Well, yeah, it's it's cold out here in Austin today. It was like 49 when I woke up. So I was like, I need sweaters. I'm wearing like three sweaters right now. It's crazy. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, um, welcome back to the show, everybody. I never say that at the beginning. Hey. I never say like, welcome to the yeah. show. We just kind of get into it. Um, right, but sure. yeah, we are back from our, our little, um, Thanksgiving holiday break, which is great. I always miss talking to you when we skip a week. Um, and today there's a lot of things top of mind for me today. And so one of the things I really wanted to talk to you about, I'm just jumping right in. Um, we talk a lot on the podcast about kind of, if you want to call it like grassroots efforts, right. To make tech and make business and make our lives more accessible and more diverse and more inclusive. And we talk about like what the everyday person can do and what you can do as a listener or what you can do for your business and things like that. What what Michelle and I can do as employees, whatever. Um, and today I'm thinking a lot about top-down effects, right? Um, and how important it is um, not only for people at the very top of their field or business or high on the totem pole, high on that business ladder to prioritize all these things that we're talking about, but also for the people lower on that totem pole to hold the upper people accountable for those things. Um, And I feel like it's kind of, as I'm saying it out loud, it's like, well, duh, right? Like no brainer, everybody should be prioritizing these things. But it's so easy, I think, in a lot of cases for the people at the top to kind of be like, oh, well, that's not that's not my expertise. That's not something I have to worry about. Or, oh, I have a team that's focused on that, so I'm going to let them do that. Or, you know, I'm focused on big, you know, passing the buck, sharing the blame, you know, not taking ownership of the things that need to get done. There's a really great quote. Andrew Norcross gave a talk at LoopConf a couple years ago about community, and it's one of my favorite things in the whole world and there's a quote in there that i don't know if he made up or if he heard it somewhere else but it was um like a community is only as good or as is only as good as the worst behavior that leadership will tolerate and i think about that all the time because i think that we take so much of our culture of our social cues professional cues inspiration mindset shifts all of that from the top and all of that like it trickles down from the people at the very top and what they prioritize becomes what we prioritize and what they care about and see is what we care about and see um and when things like accessibility or diversity or inclusion are not a part of that culture that comes from the top down then it A, makes it harder for people at lower levels to prioritize those things because they're being told they shouldn't. And it makes it easier for people at lower levels to ignore those things because they're being told, well, if 
that guy up there doesn't care. Why should I? Right. Um, yeah, yeah, for sure. So yeah, I want. I was curious how you thought about that and how you approached that, and you know what we can tell our our loyal listeners about how to deal with that frustration because i've definitely dealt with that frustration of feeling like the people above me don't care about the things that i want them to care about um mm-hmm. and it, there it, that's a super hopeless feeling right so i wanted to hear your thoughts so i used to work at a massage school i don't know if i ever talked about that here i think i've told you that before but mm-hmm. for five years i was the campus director of a massage school now if you've ever worked at a trade school or gone to a trade school a uh, campus director is basically like the dean right like we don't use those same kind of academic terms um in, in at least not a massage school um and so i was the campus director of rochester's massage school um the school doesn't exist anymore i left and it fell apart what am i gonna say Um, (laughs) of course it did but um it's the 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 first um edition of the school was in syracuse and then they added a second campus in rochester and i had the expectation going into working at a massage school that it was going to be one of the most chill environments I'd ever worked on like I mean it's massage I understand the school part and that students will still be stressed totally get that not you know but but it's about holistic medicine it's about holistic um health and wellness so I had this expectation that not that it was going to be a walk in the park because work is work and recruiting and understanding school and in the five years that I worked there we I helped them get accredited become um, recipients of um, you know title whatever it was money so that students could get student loans like none of that was possible until I worked my tail feathers off at this place all of that to say it was the most toxic environment I've ever worked in and that's because there was an owner who was the most misogynistic megalomaniacal person I've ever worked for um I worked there for five years it was the kind of thing where I cried in my car driving to work in the morning I cried in my car driving home from work because I knew I had to go back the next day Friday I couldn't feel any joy or relief because Monday was coming it was five years of that. I gained a ton of weight during those five years that I still never lost because of the stress. And obviously food is one of, if you're, if you're telling somebody you've gained weight because of stress, food is a coping mechanism. It's not the best one, but it does work sometimes. Um, and the teachers were wonderful. The teachers were delightful people. The staff was wonderful. The staff was delightful people. The students had such great intention. And so all of that to say that I was the conduit between the owner and the rest of the school. But I could only buffer so much because I was only one person. And so the director, the owner, I'm sorry, the the owner would make sweeping decisions. Like Mm. one day, everybody, like anybody could apply. You had to have a C average to get in. The next day it was homeschoolers can't apply we won't take a homeschool because their Mm. mom's decision of what their grades were doesn't count and then it was only people with b or b plus averages in high school could get in i mean and so like he kept closing the window but expecting me to be able to have my staff recruit more people and have a higher um, retention rate so that people weren't dropping out of school well trade schools people drop out of there's just you know there is 
um, turnover. There is, I can't think of that words right now, but, but all of that, because the person who drove everything and who set the tone for everything was such a horrible person to work for. Now, mm-hmm. did he put beautiful artwork on the wall? Yes. Was it a, like, did the physical environment speak to amazingness and chillness and granola-ness, if you will? <laughs> yes, absolutely. All of that. Were the people that, that we hired, like the people that were there, then the people I hired once I started in, were they awesome people who could do their jobs and do their jobs well? Yes. You can create the best staff, you can create the best physical environment, you can create, you can give people the best tools possible, but if the person sitting at the top of that ladder is a dictator Mm -hmm. and has dictator mentality, then the entire system is going to fall apart. Yeah. Because you're going to burn through people. You're going to create an environment that is not conducive to whatever your end goal is. In this case, it was minting massage therapists. Um, in a WordPress environment, it's creating, you know, in an agency, it's creating sites mm-hmm. for clients or, or managing that or, you know, or hosting or um, building WordPress plugins or whatever it is. If if your top doesn't, you know, the, top, the person sitting at the top of that ladder, or the top of that pyramid, the top of whatever you want to call it, is not a benevolent person. And I'm not saying they roll over and mm-hmm. just take everybody's whim and that everybody gets to be the boss and all of that. Of course not. Leadership though is different than dictatorship. Yeah. And which so is when different you also see somebody I was going to say, which is different also from apathy, right? Which, which is the complete opposite side of the spectrum of what you're talking about, um, where you just let anything kind of slide and don't ever stick up for people or, you know, make strong decisions. I feel like that can have a similar yet opposite effect in terms of, I mean, that's just not good leadership. Neither one of those styles, yeah. dictatorship or apathy, are good leadership. Mm-hmm. And I mean, there's two things in there, particularly that you said that really stuck with me of like making sweeping decisions, um, either sweeping decisions that are not well-founded or not well-researched or, you know, selfish or whatever the case may be, or sweeping decisions that are, you know, harmful I feel like people don't always realize when they're at the top of these systems, how one decision has this ripple effect that affects everybody else. Um, And it's never like a pure effect that always like goes through iterations and goes through like changes, if that makes sense. What am I trying to say? Like if you run a company and you decide like okay so your your example of like changing like admission criteria and so on that person probably didn't really know how that was going to affect those students and it like would have effects that they wouldn't anticipate down the line the other thing that you mentioned is like you had to be the funnel for that person and I think about, you know, when we think of like a typical business leadership structure, right? you have like one person at the top, maybe like the CEO, and then you have like the CFO, the chief marketing person, you have maybe like two or three or four people under them. And then each of those people has a bunch of people under them and it forks off right into this big tree. And you have, like 
the fact that that one person at the top, it, it creates this gigantic ripple that then all of these other people have to process every single decision or every single thing that they make. And you like your example made me think of when I was a kid, uh, my mom worked at a after school performing arts school for kids, right? So after school, mm -hmm. you would go and you'd learn how to tap dance or there was acting classes or, you know, choir and performing arts. And it was in a primarily African-American uh, community. It was mm -hmm. founded by two three actually African-American men in like the 70s. My mom attended that school when she was little and then she grew up and worked there as the office manager and I attended that school when I was little. And it was yeah. run by, by two of the original founders for the majority of that time. And it was mm -hmm. this huge, beautiful family where you did have students who would go through the program from ages eight to 18 and then come back and teach or come back and bring their kids. It was a super tight knit family community environment. And when one of the founders passed away, the other founder was also, you know, getting up there in age and he decided to retire and they hired these two women, um, who were businesswomen. They were career focused businesswomen. They were not artists. They were not necessarily creatives. They were not necessarily like community builders. They were there to run a business. And the attendance started dropping off. Um, the parents started pulling their kids out. Teachers started to quit. Um, my mom ended up quitting because she had been working there, you know, for like 10 years. And she had been up for one of those top jobs and they passed her over. And then they offered her a raise. And that raise was the exact amount of money that she was already making. So they didn't even bother to figure out what she was making to offer her more. They just gave her a random number. And it was this right. huge shift in culture, right? Of like, we're not prioritizing the community aspect. We're not prioritizing the sense of, um, there was a lot of what I kind of think of as like ethnic pride of like, this is a black owned school with black students. And that is very important to the culture of this place. That was not important anymore. The community outreach wasn't important anymore. It was about running a business and all of that from just these two people tore down what 50 years worth of work. And I think about that all the time when I think about how I want to be a leader, right? And like yeah. what I think and want matters a lot less than what all these other people who are quote unquote below me want because I'm one person. Right. Just because I'm higher on the ladder doesn't mean that what I want and think somehow matters more than them. I'm one person in a sea of other people. Maybe I have mm -hmm. skills or expertise or, or experience to guide and problem solve. And that's what makes me a leader. But it doesn't mean that I know what's best for everybody. Mm -hmm. And I get really frustrated when there are leaders who just think that they do know what's best for everybody and don't listen to what's best. Because if those two women had sat down with my mom or any of the other adults who had gone through that program and now worked at the school, 
and asked, mm-hmm. what do we need to be doing? What are the priorities? What are the problems? You know, how can yeah. we, how can we lead you? How can we help? That would have been huge. But they came Absolutely. in and they decided that they knew how to run a business. And it was awful. And I, it's, it's something I saw as a kid. It's why my mom left that school. It's why we left the state of New York. Cause my mom was like, yeah. I have to quit my job and we have to go somewhere else. And mm-hmm. it's that ripple effect I'm talking about, right? Like mm-hmm. yeah. that can be so, I feel like easily circumvented by just talking to people. Absolutely. Because sometimes decisions are made from the top and there's a solid reason, but if you're not sharing that, then it just looks like dictatorship as opposed to um, something that has to do, that's not a whim, right? That yeah. it's not like, um, you know, in the case of the massage school, it's like the director wanted more money in his own pocket. Yeah. You know, and so, yeah, we spent a lot of money to get accredited and to be able to take more students through um, having, uh, fi- you know, federal um, loans, that kind of thing, but at what cost? Yeah, because now there is no school anymore. Now, is it a you know, is the pandemic have a lot to do with that? Probably because it turns out that during three years of not wanting to touch people, that those kinds <laughs> of <laughs> careers where people have to touch yeah. people might have taken a hit. Um, That's rough, <laughs> but you know, yeah. yeah so, and, and the thing about toxicity is, is it spreads, right? So it's not like um, you know you you stub your toe and your toe hurts, right? Like that's an injury. Mm-hmm. Toxicity gets into a system and spreads through yeah. a system. And so you haven't just injured, you know, one person, you have started a venom throughout an mm-hmm. organization that affects everybody. Yeah, absolutely. So, <sighs> so yeah, I mean, we don't have the solutions for all of these sorts of no, problems. Of I mean, it's um but communication your idea of, of communication sure yeah. is communicate i mean the best bosses and the best managers i've ever had are the ones who consistently talk to me and make it very normal for me to come to them and say i'm struggling with this or i'm uncomfortable with that or i don't yeah, think this is let working me explain what's happening yeah, yeah exactly you know the ones that i don't feel uncomfortable arguing with you know in a healthy yep. argument but you know um yeah. I mean, I think that's why you and I work really well together, right? Is I mean, no one of us is the that's leader right. of what we do, but we consistently, um, if we don't agree on something, we feel super comfortable to say, I don't know about that. And here's where I'm coming from. And I can't think mm-hmm. of the last time that you and I had a misunderstanding about anything. No, because no, we, absolutely. we consistently talk and I feel like right. so much of where the where toxicity and resentment and things like that for leadership or upper management all that stuff for so much of where that comes from is lack of communication which then creates misunderstanding which then creates an emotional reaction right like mm-hmm. if you and I misunderstand each other due to like uh, a technical whatever that's one thing that's not emotional right but once once it's a true like i don't understand where you're coming from and i feel like you're being selfish or i feel like you're being this or that right. that's emotional and that's really that's so much harder to overcome than just oh there was a typo or oh i didn't get right. your email or whatever um so yeah absolutely or i, I misread your text yeah. <laughs> any of those kinds of things absolutely yeah. 
So yeah, I guess I, so. You know, open communication and and, and creating a loop, creating mm-hmm. an environment where people feel they can communicate up, not yes. just receive communication from the top. Yeah, absolutely. And that that comes at least in my experience. I feel that when I feel like the person I'm communicating up to respects me does not see me as an underling, yes. does not see me as just an employee, but sees me as somebody with thoughts and opinions that they value, that they will actually yeah. take into consideration and make moves on rather than just, oh yeah, you can you can put a slip in the suggestions box, but I'm never gonna read it, right? Like that's not the solution. Right, right, right. Um, right. It's, it's actually listening and then actually doing something about it, right? That's mm-hmm. that's the hard thing yeah, is you absolutely. gotta actually listen and, and take some action. So oh, that was a long rambly kind of way of saying um, be, be better leaders, you know, and listen to what people want and actually implement those things yeah. and communicate that. Yep, exactly. Cool. <laughs> awesome. And, uh, and in two weeks, is it? Two weeks is state of the word. Two weeks so... is state of the word. And we're both going. I will be. I will be there. You will be there. Maybe we'll record early that week or skip it and do a recap afterwards. We're not sure. All I know is we're not going to try to record there because it's going to be a very busy day. I don't want to do that. Yeah, Yeah, I think a recap. I think a recap afterward. We did that last year. Oh, my gosh. We did that last year, didn't we? Yeah, we did. Yeah. Man. Well, I love it. We've been doing this podcast for, for a while now. We're almost at 80 episodes. We rock. Mm-hmm. Cool. All right. <laughs> I love well, it. thank you so much for listening. We always appreciate yes. all of you listeners out there. Um, let us know Absolutely. in on Twitter or wherever, like what what makes a good leader to you? Like all the stuff that we talked about today. What are some experiences you've had with poor leadership or great leadership? Like we love hearing yeah, from all of you. Cool. Absolutely. Right. Until, until next time. Until next time. This episode was sponsored by the following companies. WP Wallet. WP Wallet is a free, simple, intelligent tool that helps WordPress professionals effortlessly manage all of their license keys and invoices for all sites and clients. Never forget a renewal, lose a license key, or miss out on a reimbursement again. Join WP Wallet for free today. LearnDash. LearnDash is taking cutting-edge e-learning methodology and infusing it into WordPress. More than just a plugin, LearnDash is trusted to power the learning programs for major universities, small to mid-sized companies, startups, entrepreneurs, and bloggers worldwide. If you're interested in sponsoring an episode, using our database, or just want to say hi, go to underrepresentedintech.com. See you next week.